0: Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. And I love you. I love your pastor and your first lady. I'd take them home with me, but I can't do that because God gave them to you. And you'd have to come with us, which would be all right, but maybe that wouldn't work so well. I'm, I'm just so, so full of the Lord right now. You know, if somebody fell in the fire, you'd hear something out of them. And I fell in a fire, and I feel like letting you know. <laughs> the fire of God is burning. And he wants his children to be so full of the Spirit of God that when we go out these doors, there's a change around wherever we go. We take an atmosphere with us husband asked me just to give you a little bit of our testimony of how we come to this to this wonderful knowledge and filling of the Spirit of God. Well, when the Lord called him to preach, he called him into evangelism and revivalist and you know there is a five-fold gift and and one of them is evangelism and there's pastors. There's, there's, there's five areas that God wants to be used in the body of Christ, and he called him into evangelism, and, and when he did, we were living in Wichita, and he was a meat cutter at the time, and, and I had a daycare center, and, and closed down the daycare center, and he quit his job, and, and uh, actually burnt his shoes in the backyard because he said, I'm not walking in that way anymore, and we sold, we, we literally opened up our doors with signs out front and advertised it that we were selling everything we had and people came in and in our home they bought everything that we had except for a little bit that we put into a 23 foot travel trailer with our two children their clothes a few toys and our clothing and and his study books and our Bibles and they took the pictures off the wall they took the. we had two lawn chairs left in the living room when it was all over and that was it and we hooked on and we, we left with just two revivals booked because faith requires something of you. And when God says he's going to do it, believe me, he's going to do it. And he did. And when we left and we went to those two revivals, doors began to open up and we went across the nation for nine years in 49 revivals a year every year from either or every week from at least Sunday through Wednesday or from Wednesday through Sunday so we were in five or six services or more sometimes it would go into more weeks every week of the of the year and so we traveled and it was wonderful and my husband's family and I I'm very very grateful for the teaching that we had he Uh, was raised in the free will baptist church and and when i was saved in a bus in an aisle going down the the bus was traveling down the road and i knelt in the aisle and wept my way to jesus christ and gave him my life and it was what i like to call a true conversion some people have just a one-time thing or they have something that they feel like they need to do or they have an emotional response but there is a true conversion that when you find jesus you won't go back you won't go anywhere but towards him And that's what happened to me. And that's another whole story of how God worked in our lives. But we we traveled and we went and and God God took care of us and we went week to week to week to week. And we were in the Free Will Baptist Church and and it was it was wonderful the solid foundation that we got in the word of God you have to have a solid foundation in the word of God I love it how I see the young people with their notebooks and taking taking notes and uh, of the things that they hear in the word of God it's important that you study the word and you remember the word and and that's the foundation we had in the word of God and as we traveled we would go back then after a, a year or two we began Again, to go back to places that we had been before and in churches we'd been before where we'd seen people saved, seen God heal, seen God deliver, seen God do many, mighty, wonderful things. And then I would see that they weren't there. And I'd say, well, where was that one? Where was, Where's this one? Where's that one? they'd go, oh, you know how it is. And I began to see a falling back and a falling away from the things of God, and it troubled my heart. And we had pastors, different ones say, one said, well, we'll book a revival, but you can't come in the summertime because you can't have revival in summertime because people are taking vacations. And another one said, you can't have revival in the fall because that's when school starts, and then people have all of the ball games and the things that are going on with school and the school activities. Another one said, you can't have it in the wintertime because, you know, you got Christmas, you got bad weather, and you got all these things going on. They said, you sure don't want to have revival in the springtime because that's when people want to get back out after they've been in all winter long so there there was no time for revival in the eyes of men and women of God and I knew that wasn't right that troubled me so I saw people that weren't in the house of God that had been saved and I saw pastors falling back and things were said and things were done and then we were in revivals where they said well you will have it Monday and Tuesday but we got to cancel Wednesday and Thursday we could come back later but we're not gonna have it because they're having a 4-h uh, thing or they're having a fair and we want to go to the state fair and this was coming down from the headship of the church of jesus christ how can we ever please god if everything else comes before him and my heart was troubled it was so troubled and i told my husband i said i'm going to pray and i'm going to pray and i'm going to pray until i see something happen that changes the situation and i begin to pray and i begin to pray and i begin to pray we were in, in Wichita, uh, we'd were heading. we been home for Christmas and we were heading out to California where we went every year through the bad weather. We had a break, uh, just a breaking out of the spirit of God in, in revivals in California and we'd go out and stay for months at a time. So we were headed there and we had stopped and, and uh, Sunday morning and I was getting ready, had the TV on, the children were little, we had the TV on in the little RV there and there was a man that was preaching and he began speaking in another language and I said, well, I wonder what language that is, because everybody had been singing and, and talking in English, and I said, that that just touches my heart, that's just wonderful. And so I wrote down, when they said you can get this message, uh, on. at the time it was cassettes, and said you could get this message on cassette, just order it. So I wrote it down, and I, I tucked a little check in the envelope, and I mailed it off, and the cassette came, and it came in our mail, and so I, I uh, had it and I stuck it in the cassette player in the in the van as we were traveling. And the man was Jimmy Swaggart, and he was telling you how to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. And I said, what in the world is that? What's he talking about? My husband said, what have you done? He ejected it. He took it. He rolled down the window and threw it out the window uh, somewhere in the desert close to California. And I said, I'm sorry. I don't know. He said, false doctrine, huh? And I, ha- I didn't even hear the whole thing. I just heard a little bit. He had said that. And, and, but you know why? because we had been taught that such a thing was evil or it was for the devil today and the church yesterday. And so I said, well, we don't want anything to do with any of that. I didn't even know what they were talking about or what he was saying. So I was glad that it was pitched out the window. And we got to California and I was praying. And, and in the third revival that we went to, this was the third pastor in a row that had resigned his church and said things are too hard and things are too bad and I cannot take it any longer. And I looked at my husband and I said, Honey, how can things be too hard and things be too bad when you're serving Jesus Christ, the Lord of all, the King of kings? How could it be too bad? Can't we just go to him and he'll take care of it? And I said, I'm going to pray, I'm going to pray. We're going to see things change. And he said, Well, be careful what you pray for. I said, Well, what's that mean? He said, just be careful, because I'd not been raised in the ways of God. He'd been raised in church, and he'd been taught a lot of things. I had not. My mom had raised me, uh, taking me to a nominal church where where I, I I had never heard about a born-again experience. You were just a good moral person if you went to church. My dad took me to Catholic church to um, special services like uh, Easter or Christmas, and I'd honestly knew nothing about Jesus Christ. Not to say anything about any them or, or anything that they were doing, I just didn't know about Jesus because I hadn't been taught. So my husband knew some things that I didn't know. and so I, I just was praying and praying and praying and we'd parked our little trailer behind a church in Ceres, California. and there the pastor had resigned and this was a, a body that was without a shepherd. And that should not be. That's not God's way. He gives a shepherd for his sheep. And so I was praying, and I was troubled. And he said, I heard from one of the deacons that uh, the pastor is out on the golf course. I'm going to take our boy, and we're going to go out, and we're going to try to find him. I want to encourage him in the Lord. And I said, okay. So our daughter was in the front of the trailer, and she was, she was playing and occupied and I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go into the back of the trailer here, and I'm just going to talk to the Lord. And I begin to pray, and I begin to ask him for what I felt like we needed so bad. I said, Lord, I want more of your love. I want the kind of love that when I see somebody, I love them with a God love. Let me have a love that's everlasting, that comes down from heaven. I said, Lord, give me your strength. I want the strength of God that takes me beyond the strength of man and the understanding of man and the strength of man flows through, through others. But I want the strength of God in me, your almighty strength. And I said, I want your power, Lord. I've read your power, I know what your word says about power, and we're not seeing the power of God released in the house of God. We'd seen souls saved, we'd seen them delivered, we'd seen a lot of mighty things, but there was a whole lot more in the word of God than what I was seeing. And I asked him for his power, and then I said, God, give me your countenance. Lord, I see sour-looking people in the church. I see mean-looking people in the church. I see hateful looking people in the church. I see them talking bad to one another. We'd even been in a church in Oklahoma where the altars were up in the front of the building and there was bloodstains on the altars where there had been a knockdown, drag out fight between children of God in the house of God. And I said, Lord, this isn't the way your church should be. What are we missing, God? (laughs) There's got to be more of you. There has to be more. More than what I see, more than what I feel. I want more of you, Lord. We need more. This pastor needs more. People need more of you. Come, God, with your power. Come with your strength. Come with your countenance. Let me have the countenance of God. Come, Lord, with your love. And I was kneeling there and I was saying, I praise you, Lord. And my R's started to roll. And I thought, what is wrong with me? I didn't do that. I, I kind of shook my head, and, and, and I prayed a little bit more, and I was telling the Lord how much I loved him, and I was praying again, and my arms started to roll again, and I clapped my hand over my mouth, and I said, Boy, I must be really tired. <laughs> I, I don't know what's happening here. And I put my face in my hands, and I began to pray, and, and Jesus Christ baptized me in the Holy Ghost and fire. <laughs> I didn't know what that was. I didn't know what was happening to me. I was praying in the spirit in another tongue, and I didn't care because I knew it was God. It had to be God the way it felt in my heart. had to be God the way it felt in that room. had to be God because when God is in the room, you know it, and you know his presence if you know him. This was the same one that had washed all my sin away and taken everything from me that was of this world and had put everything of him within me. So as I knelt there, I thought, wow, I'm not going to tell anybody about this. Uh, Matter of fact, I don't know what to tell them, so I'm not going to tell anybody anything, and I'm sure not going to tell my husband. So he came home. We had revival service that night, he started getting ready. I got the children ready. We went into service, and I could not wait to get into the house of God. Now, there had been a split in that church, and some people sat on this side, and some people sat on that side these over here had one way of thinking these over here had another and i went in and i'd ask god for love and sure enough i felt that love so i started going up and down on both sides hugging them saying i love you i just love you just the love of god i didn't know what else to say i said i love you i really do i love you and they just pat me on the shoulder and that's nice honey that's good oh yeah i love you too love you in jesus and and i just was oh i was so full of love (laughs) And I went, and, I, and my husband and I, at the time, I was singing with him. And so I got up on stage with him, and we started to sing about Jesus. And when we started to sing about Jesus, it's a good thing. I wore spike heels, and it's a good thing that they had straps on them that night because I wanted to kick them off and run all the way around that church. I felt such, a, such an incredible touch from heaven. So instead, I just kind of did a little this. Couldn't hardly stand still. And then I went down, and and, uh, my husband began to preach the word. And never, ever had the word been so alive to me. The power of the Holy Ghost will open up the word of God to you. And the word was so alive, and every point he made, I wanted to clap my hands and shout and praise God. But you couldn't do that in that place, so I sat on my hands because I did not trust myself. So I just sat on my hands, tried to keep still, tried to keep from saying anything. And then the altar service time came and my husband had preached such a wonderful word and he began to call people into the altars to give their lives to Jesus Christ or to have their needs met. And they began to come in and they were kneeling all around in the altars. And I stood up and I felt that thing happen again, whatever that was. And the Spirit of God began to flow through me in the presence of God, and I began to speak in other tongues. So I took my little flowery hanky, and I put it over my mouth, and I went up and down praying for people with my hanky over my mouth because I thought if they hear me, they're going to think I am crazy because I think I'm crazy. (laughs) And it was just wonderful because I knew that God was praying, and yet I didn't know why or how this had happened. So we went back out after service that night into the RV, and we were living kind of like second shifters and I always cooked supper after church and, and I was in that little RV kitchen cooking and the children were sitting, sitting there waiting and, and my husband kept getting in my way. Every time I turned around, he was right there. And finally, he turned me around and he got this close right in my face. He said, okay, what is it? And I said, what's what? He said, I mean, what is it? I see God all over you. I said, honey, I had. <laughs> <laughs> oh, glory. Well, <laughs> <Real> glory. <laughs> I said, I had the most wonderful experience with God today. <laughs> he said, uh oh. <laughs> Did you speak in tongues? I said, well. <laughs> what that is I don't know what that means but boy I spoke in something (laughs) and he looked at me and big tears began to roll down his face and he fell down on his knees in that little kitchen right there in front of me and threw his hands in the air and he said thank God there's more (laughs) oh thank God there really is more (laughs) And then he got up and he went over and he got his Bible and he opened it up for me and he showed me. He showed me in the New Testament where everywhere that the scripture spoke about the power of the Holy Ghost that he put a question mark. Because he'd been taught that such things were not now and that you just left them there in the Bible. But his heart was questioning. Because the word is true, and we have to take every single bit of it. And I'll tell you why. (laughs) Why we didn't understand, and why we felt the way we felt, and why we didn't know. Because they say that blood is thicker than water, but I can tell you tonight, tradition is thicker than blood. And all of his family, all a hundred of them there at home, had believed one way and he'd been raised up that way. And so when you're taught something that's wrong, you might believe it. They didn't mean bad, they'd been taught wrong. But we'd found the truth, <laughs> and God wasn't going to let So then he began seeking the power of the God, of the Lord and and he would uh, he'd go out. We had a van that had a, a big top on it with an air conditioner that we could plug in and run it because in a little bitty trailer with two children, there's not many places you can go to study. So he'd go out in the van and study. So he'd go out after service in a nominal church and pray to be baptized in the Holy Ghost while he was in the van. And that van would get to rocking while he was praying and moving around <laughs> night after night after night. And we kept going in revival. We went to Bakersville Uh, Bakersfield, California, and we were there in Revival. We were parked beside a little Grange building, and he would go in that building, and we didn't have any cell phones, but there was a phone in there, and he took, he said, I'm going to take a a roll of quarters, and I'm going to go in, I'm going to use that pay phone in there, and I'm going to call every church that talks about Pentecost in the phone book until I find somebody that can tell me what to do or what we're supposed to do. And so he prayed, and he went in there, and he began to use them, and he he would call, and he'd get a pastor, he'd get somebody, and they'd say, oh, it's just a natural, don't worry about it. Or somebody would say, oh, you know, it's in the Bible. Or they'd tell him all of these things, nobody had a good answer for him as to what had happened to us or what to do. And then he got hold of one man by the name of Marvin Kilgore. He was at an Assembly of God church there in Bakersfield. And my husband spoke to him, and he said, Pastor. My wife, well, I'm a, I'm a free will Baptist evangelist. We're out here on the road. We've been out here for years, and my wife is speaking in tongues, and she's been baptized in the Holy Ghost. And he said, son, you're ruined. <laughs> and he said, but listen, we have all-day prayer and fasting tomorrow. You come. You come, and we'll pray. So our son, our daughter, me and my husband, we went to that Oildale Assembly of God church, and we sat down in the back row, and they, they had music playing up front, and there was mostly just white-haired saints. It was the middle of the day. Everybody else was working, and, and, and they were praying and calling on God. And I was so happy because I heard somebody else speaking in tongues. And I thought, well, there's somebody other than me. Somebody else knows about this. And they were praying in the Spirit, and it was so wonderful and uplifting. And then I felt something. I felt the just a bubbling up in me. And I looked over at my husband, and I said, God says he is not the author of confusion. Look at your son. And our boy was sitting there with tears just dripping off his face just at the presence of God in the room. And my husband looked at me, and he said, I I was just thinking how this is confusing, and it's going to mix up our children. And you said that? How'd you even know what I was thinking? Well, I didn't, but there are gifts of the Spirit. And God was moving, and I didn't even know what that was, what was happening. And about that time, the pastor was up front, and he stood up and he, he looked back at us, and, and he looked at my husband. And he said, Are you that Baptist that got filled, and your wife's filled with the Spirit? And my husband shook his head, Yes. He said, Come up here. And everybody gathered around him up in the front he knelt down and, and they began praying and they were saying all of the things that we hear people say hold on or, or let loose or all of the little things that people have to say but he was praying and he was asking God to do what God would do and he said he felt like he'd put his, his knee down on one of those electrical outlets because all of a sudden the fire of God shot through him and he threw his hands in the air and he began praying in tongues <laughs> as God baptized him in the Holy Ghost And then, saints of God, we're not seeing anything like we're going to see. Over on the far side, women and men of God stood up and began singing in the Spirit the same words. And they began harmonizing one with another, singing a song in the Spirit in the same language. Only God can do that only god and it was so powerful and my husband got up and he began he went up on stage he stood behind the pulpit because he knew he'd never preach the same again still praying in other tongues and then he went and he stood behind the microphone because he knew he'd never sing the same again and then he began walking up and down and he got so drunk in the spirit he was staggering all over the front of the building and we'd been there for hours and so i said we We'll, we'll go now. We'll go. And we loved and hugged everyone and thanked him. And I knew I had to feed the kids, so we went to a little hamburger stand down the, down the way and sat down inside. And, and he was giggling like a little girl. And he said, he turned around, and he'd look at anybody that looked look at him in other tables, and he said, It's real. It's really real. The Holy Ghost and fire is really real. <laughs> and they'd go, Yeah. Pretty soon, we'd cleared the place out, (laughs) and we went home, and the thing is that God didn't stop there. He kept moving. He kept moving, and we went just a couple days later, And, and I was in the spirit. He was in the spirit, and when I was first filled, I was in the spirit and the Lord, like on the Lord's day, and it was so wonderful, and we went into. Before he was filled into a McDonald's and was going to feed the children. And there was some uh, family, a family that came in. They were trying to pay for their meal with little stamps. They didn't understand and they, they couldn't speak English. And they were, and my husband said that he had a, a little bit of a prejudice rise up in him. And he thought in his mind, there goes our, our children's inheritance. That's, you know, the, the, the government giving them stamps for this and that. And they just, and he was dealing with that, but I didn't know that. And I felt that same feeling, and I turned over, and I looked at him, and I said, so what is their inheritance? As a sign to you, the little girl in front will turn around, and she will look you in the eye. And at about that time, a little girl stood up in the the booth, and she turned around with her handful of French fries and looked at my husband and just leaned forward. And he said, oh, my God, I believe I believe, I am sorry, Lord. I'm so sorry. I believe. <laughs> Let me tell you something. It doesn't matter what we're raised with. It doesn't matter what's in our hearts, whether it's right or wrong. It doesn't matter the things that the devil puts on us that we believe or he puts in our minds and we listen to and we hear when it comes to the power of God he can take care of all of it and burn it all out and make you so brand-new and so full of his power so full of his fire that everywhere you go you light somebody by the sparks of God that shoot off of you the power of God that is in your life and that's what we have to have and God worked in our life that way not everybody was happy about it in our denomination they kicked him out they canceled all of our revivals but you know what God did he gave us so many We couldn't keep up with it. He worked miraculous things in miraculous ways. And we went on and on and on, and we've never stopped. And God keeps working. And he wants his children to be so full of him that when you get up in the morning, you're praying. Spirit. When you lay down at night, you're saying his name and you're praying in the spirit. He doesn't want you to be satisfied where you are. He doesn't want any of us to be satisfied. He wants us to be full of him and to want more of him. And I tell him every day, God, fill me again, refill me. Let more of you flow through me until everything about me is burnt up and I am full of you. And that's what he requires of us. How are you gonna reach everybody in Denton? How are you gonna reach the people in Sanger? How are you gonna reach them in? it's by the power of the holy ghost working through you working through you making the word alive in people's hearts and lives and he wants us to Do you all speak in tongues? Are you all full of the Spirit of God? Are they all full? Are they all full, Pastor? Have they all been? See, some. There you go. There you go. It took a minute, didn't it? You need him. You want him. He'll fill you if you want to be filled with the Spirit. You'll stand behind this man and woman of God, and God will lead you and guide you and help you in the ways of the Lord. If you want to come and stand here, he'll fill you. It's, yeah, he will. To walk in his power. Not your words, not your thoughts, not your language, but his. It's his and it's his alone. He has to use your voice. Open your mouth and begin to speak and let him And and the rest of us need to be refilled, don't we? Do you have enough of God in you? If you feel like you have enough of God, you can sit where you are. But if you don't, you need to raise your hands or stand up and say, God, I need more. I want more, Lord. Let the Spirit of God flow in this house. Sometimes we look for something so far beyond ourselves that we just don't even know what he's gonna do. Let him have his way right now. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we bind up every tradition. We bind up everything that has come against the moving of the Holy Ghost. You have a divine plan in this house, Lord. Worship him with your words. Give him praise with your words. Tell him how much you love him. Tell him how much you want him and your desire for him. I want more of you, Jesus. A refilling is a powerful thing. listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.